Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorja, and welcome to the season two finale of IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is director, producer, and writer Justin Lin. You may know Justin's work from films like Better Luck Tomorrow, but he's joining me today to talk about the newest installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise, F9. Justin and I talk about the impact of seeing immigrant main characters in film, what it takes to pull off the kind of action sequences we will be seeing at F9, and the movies that changed his life. If you're enjoying the show and haven't given us a review yet, please do and join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Movies That Changed My Life. Justin Lin, thank you so much for joining me today on Movies That Changed My Life. Uh, a lot of your films that I'm sure we'll talk about have affected me very deeply uh, on an emotional and personal level. And uh, the Fast franchise has also affected me in more ways than that. Uh, it has been about a year since we first almost got to F9, but it's about to come out. How do you feel about that? Feels great. Um, you know, I, I, I think when, when we first shut down, it was really hard just because when we make these movies now, our, our crew is around the world, you know? And, and to be able to kind of go through that together. And I'm still kind of blown away at the crew and how they just kind of work through it. It, it was amazing to me. Um, and the fact that we're here now talking means that we're finally able to like work very close to be able to share it with the world the right way, you know, which is to go to cinemas and, 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 and hopefully we could share, you know, be in a room with strangers and we could laugh together and cheer together. Yeah, cheering is right. I mean, I have a tradition of going to watch the Fast Movies opening weekend in IMAX with my friends. And it is like the most exciting thing to do it in a theater. So I'm really glad that, you know, once uh, people feel comfortable and are vaccinated and stuff and they're able to go, they can view it in a way that I imagine you and the rest of the team like want people to experience the movies. So it's been about, what, eight years since you last directed a Fast series, which is Fast and Furious 6. Uh, why is now the right time for you to come back for Fast 9 and Fast 10, uh, the, the follow up to this? It's interesting because when I when I left, I thought that was it. I that was you know four movies. I I, I did everything I wanted to do. Um, but I, I I give the studio and and Vin all the credit. 
you know? And while I was gone, like, you know, like I remember I was in the Star Trek editing room and I got a call from Vin and we, he, he wanted to talk about Dom, you know, state of Dom. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like I, I, I've, I, 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 I bowed out, but he was, you know, he was always kind of keeping track and, and, and talking about Dom's evolution. And so it just became very organic and, and the studio was always, they would always check in and say, Hey man, do you, you know, if you ever feel like you want to come back. And then one day I just, you know, I've shared the story before, but it was, uh, I had this show, uh, Warrior in South Africa in Cape Town. And, um, it was this trip I was there and on the way back home, for some reason, you know, I was at the Cape Town, uh, uh, airport, these fast fans stopped me and they were talking to me about what they like, what, what, you know, what they didn't like, all this stuff. And I was like, great, great. Thank you. Thank you. I haven't been part of fast in a while. Johannesburg, <laughs> London. New York and LA, every stop, somebody else would stop me. And I, I, now looking back, I, I think something happened because like a, a couple months after that, I woke up, you know, with this idea of like, wow, there's still something about family that we haven't explored. And that became the inspiration for this final chapter. And I called up Vin, I called up the studio and, and they're like, let's do it. And boom, it was very organic. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I'm very excited to see what is what is coming up for the family. Uh, something that's been amazing about the last, I mean, every Fast movie, but especially in the last, you know, four-ish, like every time there are action sequences that just upgrade and upgrade and get more crazy and exciting and, and adventurous. Uh, can you tease one of the uh, action sequences that we're going to see in Fast 9 that you think are going to completely blow people out of the water? <laughs> It's really interesting because I think that when, you know, when when you see the trailer and and, and this campaign, like I, I really had a great time with everybody because everyone was so invested, I think, in, in trying to hopefully shape this so that, you know, we can go in and really enjoy the film without giving away everything from the trailer. And as a filmmaker, you, you know, I remember making uh, <laughs> Tokyo Drift and I was like, man, there's a lot of action in this movie. And then the trailer comes out, you're like, wait a minute. Like, it's all like, there. everything's being you. And so like, I've gotten very good at like making sure that we can give you everything in the trailers, but there's still a ton of stuff that we haven't shared, you know? And I, I think that was something that was designed in this campaign. And, um, you know, and I, I, I love the, I love the kind of just the, the passion and people talking about just from the trailers, about all the the scale and, and and pushing the boundaries on these action sequences. But I, I always, you know, the thing that always surprises me is that, you know, you you really we can't have these action sequences unless we we really are connected with the characters emotionally. Yeah. And so I, I would say, yeah, like, you know, the the scale, I'm, you know, we we're always trying to defy labels. You know, I think when we started, I think we just kind of were making movies and we made a commitment to say, hey, if we're lucky enough to make another one, let's not do the same thing. Let's keep evolving, you know. But yeah. it wasn't until like recently I was talking to Michelle and she was saying how like, oh, well, like we're the, you know, we're the guys that are on the other side of the track. We represent the people from the other side of the track. And I thought it's kind of true, you know, like I think growing up, I nobody, you know. If I say I want to be a filmmaker, people are like, you're crazy, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Vin, I think, went through his own journey. Michelle went through her own journey. And we all kind of somehow managed and, and, and kind of got a film in Sundance or they made a film that went to Sundance. And 
Right. And it was very, it was, it, it was cool that like we all kind of met up and now we had this sheer journey, you know? And, and yeah. so through it, I think there is a part of us that feels like just when you think you know who we are and you want to label us, <laughs> we're going to try to push past that. And we're going to always be, you know, just testing the boundaries and seeing if we can earn that next step. Well, I am very excited to see what that next step is uh, in action sequences and for the family and, and for you and the rest of the cast. I uh, cannot wait for F9 finally come out June 25th in theaters. Very, very exciting. Um, but right now, let's jump to the movies that changed your life. I'm excited to talk about all of these. Uh, so we'll go in chronological order, starting with your first one, which is Rocky Three from 1982. And it's a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb with 177,000 ratings. So what uh, was it, 6.8? 6.8. That's so it's low. Still good. Well, we got to oh, get come people. On. People will listen to this and we'll keep on getting there and bumping up that score. Uh, uh, written and directed by Sylvester Stallone, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith. Uh, and, and the plot synopsis on IMDb is, after winning the ultimate title and being the world champion, Rocky falls into a hole and finds himself picked up by a former enemy. So talk to me about Rocky III. When was the first time you watched this? I'll give you a little context. You know, I think when growing up, my parents had this little fish and chips, mom and pop fish and chips restaurant. And um, so movie going was a big deal. Like we didn't go to movies, you know. Um, it took E.T., which was like, it became such a <laughs> phenomenon that like my dad closed the restaurant early on like a Monday night, on a school night. And then he took me and my brothers to Cerritos Mall to watch E.T. for the 10 o'clock screening, you know? And <laughs> so, like, going to movies was, like, you know, bigger than vacations for our family. And then I, I remember somehow there was this theater called Cypress Twin Cinema. It was kind of like the, uh, it was always like the second run, you know, and it was always a double bill, yeah, yeah. right? And um, I was in fifth grade, you know, I was just this, like, you know, it was right before my growth spurt. I grew, like, six inches. I went from this little... Asian American kid to like, you know, like I became five, two, which is almost at my height now. And I thought I was going to be six, eight. It was in that period of my life. And, um, and I walked in and we, and watched Rocky three and it like, it, it was amazing. I think being in like this immigrant kid, working class, like this idea, this notion of underdog of, of the fact that like, you can do anything if you put your mind, it just, connected with me as a human being. I remember walking out and I was, you know, I the tiger, I was, I was pumped. <laughs> I wanted to go do one-handed push-ups, and, and, you know, it, it really inspired me. And I, I look back now and it was the, it was the theme of, you know, underdog. And obviously now that I'm older, I watch the film again. I'm like, wow, that film had so like so many other things, like this idea of getting civilized, you know? Yeah. And that's why I always tell everybody, you know, the cast and, and, and crew, I'm like, we can't get civilized. Like, yes, we're, we're doing well, but like, let's not get civilized. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta always have our eyes on the prize. What, what do you think Rocky three and the Rocky franchise has taught you as a filmmaker, like about how to direct action sequences and how to direct and like construct a successful franchise? Do you think, have you looked back on the series and taken notes here and there from it? I think, I think, you know, it's definitely what I remember about Rocky is not the action, even though the action walking out as a kid, you're like, oh my goodness, like the punches you like, you could feel the punches, you know, as you're <laughs> watching it. And I think what, what, what 
Stallone did really well is, is the characters. You know, the, the action is, you remember the action because that's like the, visually, that's something being presented on the poster down, right? But the secret was that it was not the action, you know? If you look at the action now, like, I mean, they were covering it with multi-cameras and stuff, but it was the the characters, the relationship between, you know, Adrian and, and Rocky and obviously... Um, Bert Young, like all the characters, it was never a wasted character. Mm-hmm. And yet they all kind of existed, even Apollo Creed, right? Like, um, because that was my first time in and I'm like, you know, when you saw the, when you watched the beginning, you're like, the oh, pre- yeah. he finally got through Apollo. And so when he showed back up, you're like, as a kid, you're like, oh, wow, that's right. He was living his life, but just <laughs> off screen. So, you know, I, I think that the importance of character to be able to earn your action. And those actions are kind of state of state of the character at that moment where it's like, you cannot, you cannot mask it because you're in a ring. And if you, if you're, (laughs) you know, you're going to get hit or you're going to have to hit. And so a lot of those principles, I think I, I I learned as a kid, you know, and, and it also kind of like really helped me in life because I I was, you know, I, I started playing sports and that's how I gained my confidence. And, 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 you know, again, Going back to Rocky Three, it's like I could tell you I'm the best basketball player in the world, but you go in the court with me in 10 seconds, you're going to know how good I am, right? So I think those are those are all principles that I learned uh, experiencing Rocky Three. Are there any like quotes? I mean, Rocky, the whole series, and Rocky Three in particular, they're they're so quotable. Like you know, whether there are little monologues that uh, Burt Young is saying to, to to Rocky, or or I mean, Adrian's beautiful monologue on the beach right before his big fight. Uh, do you have favorite lines or, or moments from the film that, that stick with you for principle and such? Most amazing scene, most underrated scene is the civilized speech, getting civilized. If you watch it, it is unbelievable. It is just a camera on a tripod and it pans over and they're sitting in like a love seat, the two of them, and there's no cuts. It's, it's no, there's no coverage. It's literally just that. And to me, I'm in awe. That's what I love about like movies, right? Like you could try to be fancy and you can do this sometimes. It's just about a camera on a tripod and having two actors emote and, and that connection between them. Like I look at like a lot of times when I go back and, you know, if it's on TV or something, I'm waiting for that scene. And that's like yeah. that chemistry, you just, you can't fake it, you know? And I, I think that's one of the most like underrated you know, scenes of that franchise, but also just like, it gives me hope for, for cinema. Yeah. I think we'll touch on this for your next movie a little bit as well, but since you brought it up here, you talked about how seeing like an immigrant leading star affected you on a personal way. Did, did you have any connection with that? Like with your family, did you ever talk about that? Uh, whether you were younger about how that impacted you and seeing it on screen, like in Rocky also. We're an Asian American family. Like we we're always working. We barely talk to each other. <laughs> like so, um, <laughs> but when we do, it's like um, through, I, 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 it's, it's interesting. Like I, I think about it because now I'm a father and I have an 11 year old and I, I'm trying very hard to, you know, verbally communicate more. But I think that like in an Asian American family, like we just didn't talk a lot, but when, it, we were always kind of like, you just learn that communication is not words, you know, it's through action. And then when you finally do talk, it's kind of awkward, but then somehow <laughs> it's more meaningful and profound. Um, and that's something that like, I'm trying to be very conscious of. And so that, you know, like, like talking to you now, like it used to be like my biggest fear is to be able to have a 
conversation. It took me years to be able to go, oh, okay, we're just talking, you know? And so, um, but it is, it is one of those things that I think a lot of times, I, I feel like movies, it, it doesn't matter if someone's Asian American or African American or Italian American, when they're human beings and these compelling stories, like I'm going to connect to it, you know? And I think, I didn't know anything about boxing, but I can connect to Rocky Balboa. And I think as a kid, that was a very powerful thing, you know? And I, I, I feel like as a filmmaker now, that's something that like, I, I never want to take for granted, whether it's like a little indie movie, a TV show or a tentpole is that you just never know. Like some kid from anywhere in the world could connect with Han or Ramsey mm -hmm. or Letty. You just, it just something that happened and don't ever take that for granted. Yeah, I mean, I know very little about cars and from uh, Tokyo Drift is actually my first fast movie like way back when. And I, I connected to it. I mean, speaking of you know, taking place in, in, in uh, Tokyo, obviously, and Han and all these characters, like uh, not knowing anything or caring about cars. I had that immediate connection, very similar to how you described with Rocky. So I would say mission accomplished. And I'm sure, you know, younger people who are just getting into the franchise now all, all will feel the same way. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So that was Rocky Three, fantastic pick. Let's move on to your next pick which is 1989's Do the Right Thing. This is an 8.0 out of 10 with 92,000 ratings on IMDb. It's written and directed and starring the uh, great Spike Lee, obviously. Uh, also starring John Turturro, uh, Rosa Perez, Danny Aiello, Samuel L. Jackson, a whole cast of characters. And the summary, according to IMDb, is on the hottest day of the year on a street in the Bedford Suvescent section of Brooklyn, Everyone's hate and bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. I can see massive parallels to do the right thing and better luck tomorrow, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But tell me about the first time you saw uh, Do the Right Thing. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to just throw one more film between Rocky Three and Do the Right okay. Thing. It was, okay, okay. was Tucker, the Coppola's movie Tucker. That mm -hmm. was the first time that, you know, I remember when Storaro, they shot in Magic Hour and they broke the fourth wall. And it was it was kind of the first time as a, as a movie experience where I was like, oh wow, you can do that, you know, you can actually move the camera and and there's no, you know, and so it, it was the first kind of like 
thinking, wow, there's people behind the camera telling these stories, you know? And so it kind of got me interested in, in this idea of, of, wow, filmmaking, is that a possibility? You know, and, and to be conscious of that, there are people telling these stories. Um, and so when, when Do the Right Thing came out, it, it was, you know, again, I, I kind of have to like make sure I set it up right because this is the yeah, 1980s. Yeah, totally, please where, do. You know, where, you know, going to movies was not just going on your, you know, whatever, you know, TV or, or phone, you know, it's like movies where you go and you had to buy a ticket and, you know, you plan and it's show times. And then um, also at the same time, like this is the boom of like uh, videotapes, you know, video stores and stuff. And of course, back then you couldn't just like, you know, rent the big movies. It's always like the, it's always about discovery, right? Like you're just <laughs> right. going, but also it, this is the working class suburbs or, of Orange County. So, you know, the movies that came through were very much kind of like studio fairs. And so when Do the Right Thing came out, I didn't know what to expect. I remember thinking, wow, there's a guy wearing a bird jersey and, the, you know, and, and you know, th that whole thing. I was like, and I was, I was like, cool, that's kind of, and I went in and it just like blew me away in the sense that like, you could do this with movies, you know? And I, I remember when the trash can went through the, the window, I was upset because I think growing up, my parents had a mom and pop restaurant, you know, and just some of the stuff we went through, when that trash can went through, I was pissed. And I, I, I was pissed at Mookie. I was like, what the, you know, and, but what, it what was amazing about the experience was that, you know, unlike other films where maybe Rocky three as a kid, you're like, oh, I'm pumped. I'm ready to like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to show you, you know, and I'm, gonna, I'm the underdog. This one stayed with me for like a couple of weeks and it evolved, you know, this like, this kind of like visceral, like frustration and, and not understanding why Mookie threw the, the, the trash can, it, it like, it, it kind of stayed with me. And it, I realized, oh, there was a, there's about this block and there was this relationship and, and between them. And then this block is a, has a history. And then, you know, and then it, it really just kind of like, I went through several cycles of, of discovery after. And, and that was the first time as a human being, I had that reaction to a cinematic experience. And it, that's when I felt like, you know, and also 89, I was about to graduate um, high school. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it, it really kind of like introduced me to, to the power of, you know, storytelling on screen and how you can do that in, in ways that I hadn't experienced before. I, I rewatched this the other day for this, obviously. And it's incredible and also a bit sad that how relevant do the right thing is. So you talked about how it aged with you, even just within that couple of days or weeks after you first saw it. How do you think the movie has aged with you even up until today from when you first saw it in 89? Unfortunately, it's still so relevant, you know, and, and, and that's some, some of the things that like, as a storyteller, you know, it, it, it tells you kind of the time, you know, the timelessness of it, but also the frustration, the fact that, you know, hopefully at some point, we can kind of we can kind of work past it as a country as a world you know mm -hmm. um but that just tells you how powerful it is i i think that even even i i would think that even if let's say we're lucky enough to work past it you could still as a human being relate to all the kind of struggles and conflict that those characters are going through yeah Totally agree. Um, I, I want to talk about 
Better Luck Tomorrow. Uh, it is your your breakout film, and it is about a group of Asian American teens in high school. And when I saw that, uh, not only was it amazing because I saw myself like reflected on the screen for one of the first times, uh, that was highly impactful. But something that I related to Do the Right Thing and and Better Look Tomorrow is that both films do such an incredible job of putting you in this world like you've been their best friends your whole life. Um, did you draw any inspiration from Do the Right Thing when you were writing or when you were filming uh, Better Luck Tomorrow? I mean, looking back now, it definitely was a huge influence, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think Do the Right Thing led me into this idea of, wow, can I actually do that? Can I actually try to go make movies? You know, it seemed so, like, far-fetched. You know, especially back then when, you know, you couldn't just shoot anything with your phone and, and the right. technology wasn't caught up. And so um, it encouraged me to try. And, you know, getting into UCLA, it was like my next step. And that was like, uh, I remember, you know, at film school and and being introduced to like Altman and Kubrick mm -hmm. and all. And I remember going to the media lab and getting these um, laser discs, you know, <laughs> and, and you're like, wow, you have access to watch films instead of just waiting for them to, to be programmed in something, to watch it in the theater, which is still amazing, that now you have access to really kind of watch all these great filmmakers. And so I definitely feel like Do the Right Thing was so pivotal for me to go, wow, there, there's a way of doing that. And even though maybe I don't have a chance, but why not try? And I think then that's the connection to like a Rocky Three, you know, it's like a right. convergence of all that. But I do think that it, when it came to do the right thing, it was influential in the sense of of, of empowerment, you know, mm -hmm. in, in saying that, like, because a lot of times as as an Asian American growing up, especially I think um, of my era, there was a tendency for a lot of people in the community to say, "Hey, we don't have any opportunities to tell our story, but if we do." Let's make sure it's like always good. It's always yeah. positive. And what Do the Right Thing did was that, you know what? What's positive is that we're empowered to do whatever we want, you know, even in failure, even. But the fact that like if we can grow, that's the best way is to find your voice, to not even be encumbered by, you know, whatever political or any kind of agendas of, of what's good, what's not good, what's positive, what's negative. Uh, and do the right thing really, to me, like, um, it, it was very ingrained in me, I think, in that first um, screening experience. And also, obviously, the two weeks and beyond of saying, wow, the power of cinema. And, and you know, it got to a point where then I was kind of finishing up film school and I felt like, you know what, I think I'm I'm ready to go make a movie. But, like, you know, it's not like people are giving me a chance, you know. And I said, okay, well... Right. Um, I'm just going to do it, you know, and I, I remember Ernesto who, you know, who's one of the co-writers, uh, we started talking and, and it was clear that we're going to do this on a 10 credit cards and, and all the money <laughs> that we saved up. And it, 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 it actually became very liberating because it felt like, okay, you know what, this might be it because I can only do this once. And if we, you know, if this all ends on this one try, like, what would it be? And it became like, exploring things that are important to us um, and to do it in a way that we don't have to like apologize to, to anybody or have to explain like we we should feel empowered just to take that big swing. Uh, amazing. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this who is like a, a budding filmmaker or even people in high school who want to be filmmakers, they'll 
you know, I love doing this podcast because when we they talk, I talk to directors or or actors, and they give these stories like this. Of there is a theme among everyone I talk to about just like the, everyone kind of took their chance to do it and do it their way, and it has led to like their successes. So, um, I mean, it's it's incredibly inspired for me as a non filmmaker <laughs> to to hear you speak like that. So I'm sure you know listeners will, will feel the same way. Um, so the movies that changed your life that we talked about today, Rocky three, you talked about Tucker briefly and do the right thing. Do you see a through line between these three movies uh, as to why you wanted to chat about them today? Wow. You know, I, as I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it now in real time is that, you know, we engage and I think it's, I'll say that as a father now, I realize, you know, like having an 11 year old, him growing up, like you can't force development. Like people are going to engage at whatever level they're going to engage in, you know? And I, I think, you know, being lucky enough to be able to like experience cinema and to be able to experience movie and have it really kind of connect, right? Like I could tell you, like there's even other moments where I remember sitting in the same Cypress Twin Cinema where Teen Wolf, right? It was like... <laughs> Oh my God, this is the, and I remember the air conditioning was broken and it was so hot and you're sitting there going, this is boring. I came to see your werewolf and there's no werewolf for like, it felt like three hours, you know? And then finally he turns into a werewolf, his dad's knocking on the door and he opens that door and the whole place went crazy. And it's one of the greatest moments of my life, right? Is to experience that and, and. And, you know, to, you know, I think if we're open to, to, to experience cinema, to, to experience movies, um, I, I, I feel like that connection is something that, like, I, I feel like, you know, doing these fast movies, we, we always strive to be able to hopefully connect people, whether with, you know, humor or emotion. Um, and the through line for me between the three and all the other movies is, is the fact that, of connection. You know, I, I think that's a big part of it. And as I've gotten older, I realize it's also having a point of view. You know, I think there's no accident that Stallone, when you look back now, you know, Rocky was that point in his life where he felt like, you know what, like I'm better than this and nobody's giving me a chance. So screw it. I'm going to go and, 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 and do it myself. And he wrote the script that then connected with all these people from around the world. And it, he got to like, create new chapters and go on that journey with his character, you know? And, and I think that is the thing that I love now, you know, as I've gotten older, it's not even if I like a movie or dislike a movie is, does the movie have a point of view, you know? Mm -hmm. And that to me is, is more important. And so if I look at, you know, Rocky or even, um, uh, Tucker or, or do a right thing they they all have very distinctive point of views whether you agree with it or not, these filmmakers have something to say, you know? Um, and I think yeah. that's the through line. Incredible. I mean, Justin, it was an honor to speak with you. Everyone, make sure you can watch Fast 9, which comes out on uh, June 25th, 2021 in theaters. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to head over to imdb.com slash podcasts for more content on Justin and to easily add the movies that changed his life to your IMDb watch list. 